Guys, if you like our show, you're going like to love show. Throwing Shade. Oh. Even if you don't like our show, you're going to love Throwing Shade. Yeah, Throwing Shade is a better show. Let's just be honest. And, yeah, it's the political comedy podcast hosted by our beloved babies, Aaron Gibson and Brian Safi, and mm-hmm. they deliver their fresh takes on pop culture, women's rights, LGBT stuff with hilarity and vulgarity. They just released their holiday special. You got to hear it. You got a, an all-star cast coming in on this holiday uh-huh. uh, special. Jessica Chaffin, uh, Calpurnia Adams. I heard Dave Holmes. No, I, I didn't make it. Um, that's really weird. Did I, you? you must, I guess, your invite. Oh. Um, I, maybe it's in your spam folder. We oh, sent a paperless post. Oh, so. okay. I'm going to check on that. Um, Orlando Soria was there. Ooh. Intimidating, um, uh, like, uh, decorator, homemaker Designer guy. to the stars. Designer yes. to the stars. Yeah, I, he made me feel a thousand times less glamorous <laughs> just by being around him. But he's a nice guy. You don't want to miss this one, you guys. Just listen and subscribe to Throwing Shade on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Oh, my God. Happy New Year almost. Oh, goodbye, uh, 2017. Oh, my Don't goodness. get your dick caught in the door on your way out. Oh, God. I really don't imagine. I don't remember. See, I'm, that's how worn out I am at the end of this year. Yeah, I can't just, remember the word remember. Uh, that's how fucked up I am at the end of 2017. the finish line of this goddamn year. This was truly exhausting. We were we were talking about it uh, in, the, in the little work Slack room uh-huh. the other day, just all like, you know, doing our little end of year recaps and whatever. And all of the thing, all the dumb things that happened this year yeah. happened this year. Like the, uh, the little, the little kids like getting in, like the guys doing the interview on the BBC and his like little daughters <gasps> oh, breaking into the room. Matt, that, that was, was this year? This year. No. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, Sean Spicer losing his job was like six months ago. Jesus. Fire and fury, the likes of which the world has never seen, was four months ago. Well, you know what else happened this year? What? Homophilia, the podcast, premiered. The podcast that saved my life, quite frankly. We put some great stuff out. There were some great people, and I'm very proud of it. It truly is a a thing that gave me life. Me, too. The the expression, something gave me life, little little strained with overuse. Sure. It actually, it it really, it it fits. It applies here. Agreed. Yeah, it has been... Oh, it's been it's been great. This uh, this episode is no different. That's right. Uh, one of the other things that gave me life that I've talked about on here is the podcast. This is fifty with uh, uh-huh. uh, Sherry Salata from uh, the Oprah World mm-hmm. and someone named Nancy. I forget who she is, mm-hmm. but um, the reason I bring it up is that Sherry and Nance always talk about their pillars, and those are the areas of life that they want to tackle. So they have like a pillar of like. Um, spirituality. And then in the, based on that pillar, they'll be like, I'm going to meditate more. And they talk about their meditation. I'm going to do yoga and they talk about the, whatever. Yeah. Uh, sex and romance is one of their pillars. Do you, if, I, so even if you're not making resolutions, I feel like mm-hmm. get yourself a pillar, at least get yourself oh. an area that you would like to wrap your arms around. Sure. In the new year. For yeah. me, I know one of them is in the realm of uh, mental health. Yeah. Specifically around Taming the Anger Beast. Okay. Really reared reared its head? Reared its head? Maybe. Whatever. It came up a lot this year. Interesting. And uh, Still waiting to see my first real tantrum. I can't imagine it happening. But I will say this. I've started doing therapy over the phone, which is amazing because I'll do it when I'm on a long drive. Yeah. And I will be on the 110 screaming into the Bluetooth, just like raging out – and it feels like 
you've just been to the spa afterward. Wow. Strongly recommend it. Now, do you do therapy in person? Yes, but I, I moved. It's west, a west side, east side thing. So uh-huh. sometimes it just makes more sense to do a phone, a phoner. Gotcha. Which I was skeptical about, honestly. Uh-huh. Um, so. Okay, so we I got recommend that. it. We what, got that. What, any, any pillars for you? What are my pillars? What are my pillars? Okay, uh, in my health pillar, yeah. I want to get back to doing like endurance Events. I want to oh, go. Yeah. I'm doing. I'm signed up for a triathlon in May. I want to do the New York City Marathon again. I want to like get back to it. I used to do, like in my mid 30s. I did a flurry of them, and then in the last couple of years, I've fallen off. And and it's nice to just have something. It, it's it, it's good to train your mind and soul to have a thing where it's like in January you can't do it, but in May you can do it. Like yeah. if you if you follow the plan and you discipline yourself and you you know you just do all the things you're supposed to do, you can cross the finish line and do something that you couldn't do five months before. Like that's something that as you get older and as you learn less just yeah. necessarily, it's a it's a good thing to do. So that is like I've got I've got a group of, of like I have an accountability group. Nice. We're attacking it. When is the New York City Marathon? In- uh, that will be in early November. Oh, okay. or late October. So have plenty of time. Let's, yeah, let's and I also might and... not get in, but I'm but I'm gonna, I'm going to try. Let's if I don't get in, in on the lottery, I'm going to try to maybe do it with the the, the fundraising way. But what we'll, we'll, one way or another, uh, we need to get you in there, and then we need to piggyback a homophilia live in New York show. Oh, on top of that, let's do it right after. So I'll still be wearing my medal. Just run th- uh, straight from the finish line, straight onto stage. Perfect. We'll Perfect. All cheer. I'll Frankenstein my ass yes. up onto that stage. Uh, t- uh, more pillars. What are your other pillars? Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say, I'd say a podcast pillar for, for live shows. An and empire pillar? Uh, yeah. Like just start really the taking over? empire. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm um, with that. And yeah, I mean, I see this turning into like, um, maybe not a TV series, but like a, like a, like a scripted film, like a draw, like a moody, dra- like call me by your name, but okay, about perfect. podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I can see that. Yeah. Um, that's all I've got. Okay, right? two I mean, pillars. Moment, yeah. Okay, your roof. Anger and your podcasting. Roof is <laughs> your roof is shaky. You've only got two pillars. Oh, good. Um, I I have like a a strong desire to strengthen my uh, not having three panic attacks at the same time pillar. I want to see. Uh, I want to see okay. about finding organic ways to calm myself down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's it's you know legal weed starting January first. I've never been a huge stoner, but maybe that maybe that's part of it. I don't yeah. know. Everyone is telling me to get Bliss, which is like a uh like a vape pen kind of uh-huh. thing, but a specific uh, a strand, I guess. I'm not sure. a stoner, even, mm-hmm. but uh, that is none of the in, in all the reasons that you and I say we don't like smoking weed. Uh-huh. This apparently takes care of all of those. Those are all non-issues. Uh-huh. Get bliss. Great. It's the future, man. Yeah. You can like you can tailor your experience to your own needs. Maybe that should probably go under that actually fits very nicely into my anger and mental health pillar is Yeah. And it gives weed. you a third increase your drug use pillar. Right, which we oh. it should go without saying we all have one of those. Yeah, of course. And and, and you know, and honestly, a roof can rest easily on three pillars. There you go. So you might be You've got two solid tents for 2018. Perfect. Set up and uh, guys come join us under our tents. Mhm. Uh, it's going to be a great year. Mm. We are it's gonna be the best so year. grateful to each and every one of you for listening. Yeah. Even the ones that get mad at us for doing spoilers and stuff. Listen, it's okay. People got to be mad on the internet. Yeah, what's it for? for. If you're not going to throw a tantrum, otherwise you're going to be screaming into the Bluetooth on the fucking 405 like me. Exactly, folks. Our guests today, yes, Fenton Bailey, Randy Barbato, yes, the founders and runners. Yeah, sure. 
uh, standard not, bearers uh, yes. of World of Wonder, yes. who bring you, among other things, RuPaul's Drag Race. They are a pair of fascinating people, and we had a great conversation with them. Our first duo. Wow. And hopefully not our last. Coming up. We are back with Randy Barbato and Fenton Bailey. Gentlemen, Hello. gentlemen, Hello. welcome. Thank you for being here. Should we, can we have you both speak so we can distinguish? This is our first oh, well, I'm, guests. Uh, this is the, I'm Fenton, and I have I'm British originally, so American now, but dual citizen. I'm bi. <laughs> Great. <laughs> You'll be pretty easy to distinguish, I think. And this is Randy, and I'm from New Jersey, and I have uh, a cold. You sound great. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, very it's not a cold. It's sounding. like a, it's my it's my phone sex voice. Yeah, it's terrific rasp. Yeah. yeah, it's a very it's a very distinctive and sexy rasp. Keep it. So, Lose the cold. Keep the rasp. Normally, in this part of the show, we ta- we ask people like, "What are you watching? What are you obsessed with?" And most of the answers involve something that you guys have created or brought to the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so this is you. the self promotion segment. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean. So I am really interested to hear what you guys are watching or what's on your pop yeah. culture radar right now. That and I'm, I'm going to put it in my phone yeah. because I feel you guys go three levels deeper than most yes. into oh, pop culture. No. So I know you're going to pull out things I don't know about. What, what are you watching right now? Well, I, I mean, I don't – this does sound like self-promotion, but I can't help it. But the Trixie and Katja show uh-huh. yeah. on Viceland and um, everything they do – I cannot stop watching. We just actually had this little event where they did an acoustic set at, we have this space where we do events, the wow presents space. Um, and, uh, uh, Katja did spoken poetry and Trixie did acoustic guitar set. Um, they're just, they're, they're, they're post drag because they're drag queens, but they're not really, it's not about drag with them. It's something else. I look at them and it's like, I don't know what, you know, I mean, it's not a recognizable aesthetic that they're doing. Like they're, they have gone to the moon, which is great. And then beyond our world, my two favorite things that I've seen in the past week were I, Tanya and Coco. Oh, so excited to see Itania. Yeah, Itania is amazing. Genius. Yeah. Yeah? It's dark a, it's story. But it's so hilarious. Dark, it's bright, extremely funny, dark. sad. It's everything. Violent. Right? Violent. Wrong. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> and Alison Janney is like a big old drag queen in it. Yes. Alison Jan- Janney is, is kind of genius in it. Right. I'm so excited about that. Because I'm watching, watching, the only thing I'm watching is Wow Presents Plus. <laughs> uh-huh, of course, that's where <laughs> Which is our, our streaming network, our screaming network. No, it's like, we, we, I, and we are quite excited about it because we just launched it recently, um, about, what, two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. And um, look, it's three ninety nine a month. And people may bitch about that, but that is the price of a latte. It's one latte. One latte. Once a month. For, exactly. Please. Right, so, you know, and there's... It's like 150 hours. We've really done a deep dive into our archive because Renny and I go back centuries and mm-hmm. we have a lot of material in our archive and we own a lot of our shows. So we've sort of made Becoming Chaz is up there yep. and stuff like that. And Yeah, it's equal parts like documentaries yeah. and big stuff that you guys made previously and then mm-hmm. a bunch of new shows, a lot of them starring our favorite queens. Yes. Mm-hmm. How do you choose when there are so many – who the Randy has the best answer for it. The queens choose us. They how, well, it, it how really, does that process work? Well, because the thing is, it's all about work, and and the ones who are smart and the ones who want to work. I mean, they're all stars, but you know, 
they gravitate towards World of Wonder. And we have this, you know, World of Wonder, which is our production company, it's sort of like, it's also a kind of, um, it's, it's, the people who work there, it's different than production companies in Hollywood. There are yeah. producers who've worked there for 20 years, and there's talent that have worked there. James St. James, who used to be a club kid who's an author, does the WOW report. So it's it sort of people gravitate, creative people gravitate towards there, and we have a studio in the basement. And if, you know, Bob the Drag Queen or Valentina shows up and they're like, hey, let's do something, we're like, okay, we'll bring the camera down yeah. and let's do something. So it really ends up being the people who show up. Yeah. You know, sometimes we're on conference calls and people think, you know, a world of one day everyone's running around naked or in high heels or something. But it's it's like 1% glamour and 99% sweat and perspiration. Yeah. It's work. Yeah. It's work. You're you trying to get up a lot, in the morning. Of, a lot of content. Yeah. yeah. But So tell us how World of Wonder came to be because you guys started out in the music scene. Yeah. I hope you're not going to play anything. <laughs> we might. <laughs> we might tweet some stuff. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, Fenton and I met at uh, in at film school, at NYU graduate film program, and so we and and actually weirdly that's also so we wanted to be filmmakers. We got kind of sidetracked along the way, mm. but that's also when we our love of drag started because our um, NYU film school was around the corner from uh, a club called the Pyramid Club, where all these amazing drag queens. Um, used to appear and Fenton and I used to cut classes and do happy hour at the pyramid club and watch these drag queens. And that was the beginning of our obsession. Sure. And who, who were the drag queens? at the time? Oh, there was like Ethel Eichelberger, who was a kind of demented queen with an, an accordion. It was an accordion, right? Yes. It was an accordion. And she'd do like King Lear in like five minutes, you know, uh-huh. uh, sister happy dimension, face, happy face, taboo, T-double-B-double-O. And, and back then, you know, and RuPaul was on the scene then. And Lady and Bunny. And Lady Bunny. Sure. And, you know, that's when we first met RuPaul, and we started working with him and actually started managing him at the beginning of his career um, and have worked with him for a hundred years. And, and this is like, this is the star booty era, right? Yes. Uh-huh. yes. Okay. Fun Tone Records. Yeah. We produced that album. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah, I'm obsessed yeah. with the... Uh, with like the the Peak Sisters, Atlanta Yay! I think our very first episode we played yes, that on yes, this show. Yes. I love Deandra Peak. Oh um, my god! Their, ver- their stepping on the clouds is a thing that makes me just yeah. about happier than anything else. They in the have world. covered a couple of pop tart songs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really? and y- yeah. The, um, and and you know that that was the beginning. RuPaul saw uh, Dick Richards. Uh-huh. Who started Funtone Records? They used to have a public access show before YouTube. You guys are mm-hmm. all too young to know this. There is oh. this thing, public access. It still exists. But, yeah, um, yeah. No, but um, it was and, the American Music Hour, right? Yeah, was, and yeah. RuPaul saw that he was living in Atlanta, saw it on public access, wrote them a letter, and said, "Can I be on your show?" And that was sort of the rest is history, really. Wow. Right, history. It's Her it's story. it's crazy to me that that she was able to like. That that whole gang, like the now explosion mm-hmm. and all that, mm-hmm. like that was rural Georgia yeah. where that was happening. It is insane to me that people were able to be that cool and that out, you know? Like yes. it's it's the kind of thing that can kind of only exist there. You know, in New York, you don't have to – I mean you have to work, yeah. but the coolness is there. Yeah. They created a scene that was just out of control. And, and a big part of the drag scene in New York in the 80s, I mean, you know, people would migrate to Atlanta – 
And then they, they would move up north. There was La Homa, yeah. Larry T. They all, Nelson Sullivan, who was this great um, videographer, who was a big inspiration on us and World of Wonder. Um, they all came from Atlanta up to New York. Uh-huh. And so um, what were you up to between those days in New York and, you know, drag race and kind of the like the height of World of Oh, my God. How long have you got? I mean, (laughs) it was a a long story. Um, I mean, the first show we ever did was was a show called Manhattan Cable, where we basically got all these clips from these weird and wacky public access shows and packaged them together with uh, host Laurie Pike. But we did segments with RuPaul. We, I think, we had DeAndre Peak in one of the one of the episodes. Wow. And in fact, I remember the it was for Channel Four UK, uh-huh. and the commissioning editor said, "No more drag queens." <laughs> he was like, he was like, he'd reached his quota of yeah, drag queens. Yeah, yeah. But this was this was a long time ago. And and on that first series, which we sent to Channel Four, and it was based on our personal obsession with public access. So that's how we. You know, we were obsessed with public access. We pitched Channel 4 and said, well, license all these shows. But uh, we sent RuPaul out on assignment to interview transvestite hookers. Uh In the meatpacking district. In the meatpacking district. And it's this great story, and Ru's all dressed up. And at the end, he, he finds John... And he, like, leaves the microphone and gets into the car and drives off. Come mm-hmm. on. Does Seriously. that footage exist? Is that yeah, out it there? Sure it does. does. Yeah. I can send you that. Wow Presents Plus, only three ninety nine a month. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, I just signed up. Uh-huh. <laughs> Man, we, there needs to be a, um, an online uh, uh, Robin Bird. Oh, yeah. Yes, we love her. Yeah, I mean, she's amazing. <laughs> she is. She's incredible. The last thing I heard about her was that she got attacked by a raccoon on Fire Island. She's oh, fine, right? No. Yes. She's fine. Mm-hmm. But she God, posts all these beautiful um, sunsets now because she oh, yeah? she goes to Fire Island all the time. And yeah. I think she lives there. Yeah, we see her occasionally when mm. we're in New York. Uh-huh. Actually. Oh, what a thing! For those who don't know, Robin oh. Bird in uh, in New York City was on Channel Thirty Five. Yeah, um, wow. it was a uh, it was a, a, a talk show, uh, but only for strippers. And so, mm-hmm, like, people mm-hmm. would come on; they would strip men and women, and then they would all get together. And somebody would call, like, you know, they would take calls. Somebody from Julius would always call. Yeah, there would right. be like a bunch of people watching it live at Julius, and they would ask questions of the various strippers. Basically, most of the questions were, "Do you do private shows?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and then at the end, she would sing Baby, Baby Let Me Bang Your Box. Baby Let Me Bang Your Box, yeah. yeah. And she was known, I suppose, also for the crocheted bikini. She That's true. Ride, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> a black crocheted bikini was... Uh, oh. That was a time, you know... Um, it was very that, inspiring to us, wasn't it? It was Should, really yeah. expir- inspiring. And it was also a time when it seemed like sex and sexuality <laughs> was going to head in a different direction than yeah. it's headed. It seemed... Mm. Those were more innocent times, right? And people kind of – there was this hope that people would celebrate sex or sexuality rather than sort of – Like scandalize it. Yes. And and just end up where we are today, which is either it's commodified or commercialized or, you know, it's just wrapped in shame. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so talk to us about the evolution of like becoming, you know – Pioneers. I mean, you you created a market that wasn't that that didn't exist. Um, well, it I was. I, I don't know that we did that. It was just that we saw these queens performing at Pyramid, and we were just so inspired, and we just wanted to. Sh- we just felt, I think, that it deserved to be a, on a larger platform, you yeah. know, and that 
that really ultimately drag is for everyone. It's, you know, has a universal connection with everyone because, you know, as Ruth said a million times, you know, you're born naked and the rest is drag. And that is, right. that is true for all of us around this table right now. We're all wearing a different kind of out, outfit and uniform that talks about us and says things about who we are. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I also think I also think World of Wonder. I mean, drag is a big part of it, but it's also. I think we've always produced stuff that we've always sensed that there was an audience like us, like right. people who, you know, thought about things. People who, you know, we've made documentaries like Inside Deep Throat or or um, Maplethorpe. They've always been about um, big ideas and about um, and and we've always thought that that. You know, people who like drag might also actually like to think about um, what's going on in the world, yeah. like our tribe. And so mm. I don't know if we created an audience. In, I think we've just always made what we want to see personally. Right. You served an audience in a way. Yeah, yeah. that, that were underserved. underserved. Yeah. Like, yeah, In a huge way. Right, for sure. And I suppose it's that idea of the, the outsider voice. I mean, I think, mm-hmm. you know, when we were starting out, the mainstream had a kind of death grip on culture. I mean, thanks to the internet and, and all the ways in which technology and media technology has become so much less expensive. You know, I mean, even though the podcast explosion, thanks to all those things, more people can create content yeah. and do things. Mm-hmm. So the, the, suddenly there's, a, there's an opportunity to hear the outsider voice in ways that were previously excluded. And, you know, ultimately you reach a point where you realize, hey, everyone's an outsider. Yes. That's right. You know? right. Uh-huh. It's a minority of one. Yeah. Yeah. So now, now we, have, uh, we have people who have grown up on Drag Race. Yeah. Know, and just had it in their living room always and could be on the show now. Yeah, right. we have drag queens, second generation drag queens. <laughs> really? So, How do you mean? Well, you know, drag queens who – Kids who grew up watching oh, Drag okay. Race yeah, yeah, and then yeah. became right. drag queens. Right. Yeah. Right. No, no, no I didn't mean no children. <laughs> drag queens of former children. Pro- okay. I mean, okay. I'm sure yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. Oh, yeah. I can't wait the other, for that. The other interesting thing about uh, Drag Race is, you know, we do this thing DragCon now, and you know, um, we do it in New York, we do it in LA. Fifty percent of the people who show up are women. You know, so this is not. People have this weird idea that, that everything we do is. Gay. It's more queer, and it's more mm-hmm. queer, like queer minded, queer minded than it is necessarily homosexual. Yeah. Right, right. Have you guys dabbled in drag yourselves? Mm-hmm. There's Fenty. a picture somewhere. Yeah. You don't Fenty. point the finger at me. Fabulous. Look <laughs> oh, at the cheekbones. I see yeah. it. I see it. That's why well, I'm asking. Yes, we we did do drag a couple of times uh, for Wigstock, right? I mean, not on stage, but in the audience. You were the Jersey Shore. Um, I look like Joy Behar in drag. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I mean, iconic. I that's amazing. That. <laughs> uh, do you have a name? I don't have a drag name. No. no Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. Okay, Jersey Shore. Sure. That's a good one. Fenton, do you? Uh, I was Cherry Red. Oh, that's good. Nice. That's good. I like it. Uh, before we take a break, what can you tell us about uh, All Stars 3? Absolutely nothing. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, it's really good. It's it's more scandalous than we thought it would Ooh, be. Okay. Um, there are a lot of surprises. What, what, what could I sp- – I can't spill anything really, can I? Can I ask Just, whether – It shocked us. There oh. are things that happen during the course of it okay. that – it's hard to do that, especially with all-stars because they're all like sisters. They come in sure. and – 
you know, we have to think of things to kind of keep it juicy. But um, there's some shocking shade that that happens during the course of the season. I'm also curious, like in your own personal lives and your social lives, because there are so many of those queens and obviously they want to, you know, be in your orbit. Do you are there are there certain queens that you're close to and others not so much? Or do you have to just like keep strict boundaries other than like Rue and obviously? Um, there, I, there are some that we are more friendly with. I wouldn't say who they were necessarily. I mean, like Rue's like a real, like is family. So there, that sort of comes first and we do try and keep some boundaries, but so it's a weird thing. Like I, you know, I'm an, I've got kids. I don't go out to the clubs or anything. So we don't, we don't socialize with them so much as, as do business with them. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. uh, one final question. Break. Does Thorgy Thor in his Ooh. male form still look like Skippy from Family Ties joined the Information <laughs> Society? <laughs> or has, has no, he changed his, his – pretty his, similar. Okay. All right. I love he it. He is I think it's so amazing. amazing. It He's awesome. Yeah. Isn't yeah. he awesome? Oh, my God. I am such a fan. He's on a world tour right now and his violin broke. So if you're following him on Twitter, every now and then – like he's like, I'm in Oslo. Does anybody have a violin <laughs> I can violin. use? I'm like – Oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I, he's my favorite. I'm pulling for him. I shouldn't say that, but I am. Oh, we, should, we should remain neutral, but there it is. I, I appreciate you taking a stand. Thanks. <laughs> we will be back. <laughs> Matt, I love doing this show. I love our listeners. I, it makes me so happy. Yes, me too. Good. It's the best. I'm I'm, so I just good. landed on that decision. Oh, good. Do I like the show? Do I like our listeners? Oh, I think I do. You're finally affirmed yes on homophilia. Well, I'm so glad. Uh, but to keep the show going, we need advertisers. Yes. You know that, right? So we need our listeners' help. We don't necessarily need our listeners to become advertisers, no. although if you want to, you totally can. We're open. Got a new business? Great. Lay it on us. Yeah. But we just kind of want to know a little bit more about you what you like, what you use, what you don't. Uh, so please go to podsurvey.com slash homophilia. Take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you a little better. Mm. We won't know your name. No. In fact, this doesn't go to us at all. This goes to people at, at, at cubicles. It's anonymous. It's going to be so sexy and secretive. It's sexy and secretive. We'll yeah. all have a little secret. And we'll show advertisers how great our listeners are and what they like. Plus, once you've completed the survey, you can enter to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Mm. Buy things, send them to us. Wow. You don't have to do that. Uh, again, that's podsurvey.com slash homophilia. Folks, we are back. Randy and Fenton. Thank you so much for being here. Randy, let's start with you because I I have, not to brag, but I know your husband. Uh I've been to your beautiful home. I've met your beautiful kids. I mean, you're you're living a dream life, it seems. Talk me through it. I haven't met any of these people. It seems. (laughs) I am living a dream life. I, you know, I have a great family and uh, it's just very exhausting. Oh, of course. You two, and how old are your boys? Uh, the boys will be four on New Year's Eve. So wow. I have twin boys, uh-huh. and, um, you know, they're, they're at that age. I'm, and I'm an old dad, so, um, you know, it's hard on the knees. Uh-huh. And, A lot of bending. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, 
you know, it's it's you understand um, why people like a bowl of ice cream at the end of the day. Of course. Sure. Who doesn't? Yeah. I don't. I have one dog, and I like it in a bowl of ice cream at the end of the day. Absolutely. <laughs> How did you meet? Uh, we met through. Um, we met through. You're choosing work. which lie to tell. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no lie here. We well, like, no. This was pre grinder, so we're not. Yeah, we we met we met through work and knew each other f- for a while before anything ever happened. Um, so I, I knew him through jobs that were connected to me, but uh-huh. I didn't, it wasn't really directly for me. Mm-hmm. And then he actually worked on my house, oh, which sounds like a hot porno, Yeah, but nothing happened. Um, he was with somebody I wasn't at the time. Mm. And, um, and then after they broke up, then we sort of got and together. And came around. But I was coming off of like... A swinging singles, you know, I had been, Fenton and I had been together yeah. for... 19 years, 11 months, and 21 days. Thank you. Oh, my wow. God. No, I mean, you know. Yes. Um, and Fenton, <laughs> and and then I, you know, after we broke up, we remained business partners, but um, I remained single for almost, for like nine years. And that was like... Was it nine years? Almost, wow. yeah. Jeez. Yeah, so that was like wild. And I wasn't planning on changing that, actually. But then he came along. Yep. And who made the first move? I think it was pretty mutual. Yeah? Yeah. And then um, how long have you been married, married? Um, Just shy of a year. So we've been together a little over seven. I know old people. It's amazing. Wow. Even I didn't know that. Wow. When you when you were single and you said you didn't necessarily want to change that, how did you see the rest of your life sort of playing out? Were you just gonna constantly be dating? Probably, yeah. Yeah, okay. I really, I I felt really uncomfortable being in relationships. It didn't yeah. seem. I we had a we had a great relationship, so I had a like that was fine for me, mm-hmm. and um, and it was kind of fun not having any just doing whatever I wanted. It was fun. It was also difficult for me because I am kind of like, um, it was a little challenging, but it, 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 I, I didn't miss, I wasn't lonely or anything like that. I, I can keep myself busy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, clearly very busy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, I mean, for you guys in your relationship and your, your, your partnership and your partnership, I mean, there must've been like extraordinary Growing pains and it's a constant negotiation because any kind of business partnership. You know, is- I, everyone says that, and you know, people say, "Oh, how do you work together and live together? How did you do that?" But really, I think we were. And correct me if you disagree, but I felt we were so obsessed with what we were doing. Yeah. Everything else just sort of fitted in, and it was never really. It never seemed that much of a problem, no. really. That you, it, it sort of all shook out naturally where mm. where it should have landed. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I think ultimately we both got a little bit frustrated with the idea that you never left the office in a sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. the frustrations of the day you take home with you, and if you're just sitting there looking at each other, you, just, you end up talking about it, yeah. especially after a few drinks. Yeah. And then you wake up the next morning, and even in the shower, it's like, well, what about this and what about that? So it, it 
that can the, there was no escape we I suppose we're both workaholics actually mm-hmm. and so we were just incapable of putting it to one side i mean actually i say randy was much better at relaxing like you were good on sundays mm-hmm. i hate sundays cuz it's just a sort of <sighs> Me too. vacuum of no work. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for something to happen. All the day to end, you know. <laughs> Benton, what is your relationship status? What's what's going on? Um, about uh, six months after we broke up. Yeah, it was six months. Wow. Uh, we were actually going to uh, Party Monster, the movie, mm-hmm. was at the Sundance Film Festival. And I walked into Sundance and there, checking us in, was the most beautiful person I'd ever seen in my life. I just was like, the room, it's like Ellen when she was talking about meeting Anne Hay, she said, the room disappeared and there was this sort of shining white light. And I was like, well, that's bullshit, you know. But yeah. it was a little bit like that. And that's, that's where we met. We met at Sundance. And you've been together ever since? Yeah. Uh, been 13, 14 years oh, in wow. January. Yeah. Are you married? Yeah, married Four years, coming up four years in the summer. Wow, mazel. Wow, yeah, congratulations. Mm. Kids? Yep, two kids. One one is turning 11 um, next week. Yeah. And the other is three, uh-huh. just turning three. So there's ah, a bit beautiful. of a gap there. It's so cool that you that these kids are going to grow up surrounded by RuPaul and a, yeah. a, a parade of drag queens and so just like color. Yeah. I mean, it's... Pretty amazing. I, I guess I would imagine there's like a certain level of of stuff that you have to shelter there. You know, there's some not really. I mean, there really isn't much sheltering. But although Nolan once said to me, this is a few years ago. You know, we've always been very open about everything. There were no secrets or anything. And um, at one point, we we're having a conversation, and I said, "Well, you know, you know." Daddy and Papa are gay. And he's like, you're not gay. And it's like, <laughs> what do you think all this is? You know, like, we're like, yes, we're gay. Yeah. <laughs> so even though he was surrounded is. by gayness of every possible stripe, you know, 24-7. Yeah. It, it, sometimes you just, you just assume that they absorb all this and they understand it. And I think in many ways, actually, he does. It's just the actual label of, yeah. are you gay, was like, really? You yeah. know? It's like, I thought we were just normal. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And have you had to, I guess the boy, your boys are young enough that you, you don't have to get into labels and definitions. And stuff Not like. really. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've asked where they come from. So I, you know, I, I've been starting to talk about that a little bit more, but. Can you um, tell us what you, how, how you address it with them? Um, that they came from a woman, Jennifer's tummy, mm-hmm. and they don't completely, you know, they, they're they not four yet, but just that idea that they came from someone's tummy, and so then they're curious about her, and actually this weekend, I'm supposed to show them pictures, they haven't seen pictures of her. Oh, wow. Um, so. how, how involved is she going to be going forward? Is she going to, are you going to invite her around? Um, well, she, the... The, you know, there was a separate egg donor mm-hmm. and there, and who we don't really have a relationship with. And we did have a very close relationship with their surrogate mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but sadly, she, um, she, she passed away. Oh, so she sorry, had, she had cancer. And so she passed away about a year after um, she gave birth to our boys. Okay. So oh. it's very sad. Oh, and, very sorry. But she will – they'll know all about her because she, she was awesome. She and was amazing. She <laughs> was wow. so amazing. And yeah. – um, she has an amazing family. Still, her, her husband and kids, I stay in touch with. Okay, 
Um, and was there any question about whether or not to have kids for either of you? Was it always just a given? Uh, it was always a given for Fenton. Yeah. It was not always a given for no. me. And really, when I met Gil, I was like, I don't think so. And Gil was absolutely wanted to have kids. Yeah. And so it became a real um, – I really thought about it very methodically. I, I laid it out. I had a, a sheet of pros and cons. And, you know, I was really concerned that I was just too old. Like yeah. That was my my biggest concern. Yeah, I was concerned. One of the things for me that was like, oh, you're too selfish, you know. Oh, yeah. That was... And actually, you, you, you realize pretty soon that that's – I mean, maybe maybe at a certain age you might be too selfish if you're mm-hmm. much younger and you feel you haven't done a lot of the things you want to do. But – I was surprised that I never really got that sense that it, selfishness was a problem. Not you in terms of selfness. It, yeah. I, the point is you don't feel you, – you don't see it in terms of sacrifice. That's yeah. what it is. It's right. like they give you so much. It's so fun. I mean, yes, it's tiring as hell, but they give you so much and it's so fun. You don't – you really don't – the idea of having to give up anything just doesn't – really doesn't cross your mind once yeah. you're doing it. Yeah. It's right. one of those things that you think about a lot before it, but once you're doing it – And you realize how inefficient you've been prior to <laughs> yeah. it because you can get so many – you think, oh, my God, they're going to – I mean, it's, it is exhausting, but – you find you are so much more efficient. I'm more efficient than I you have, have to in be. The past. That's yeah. so interesting because that is a big part of my fear around it. Is that I'm like I don't even have the career I want now. Like I definitely couldn't do it. But I mean, you guys are living you examples. Fit it in. Yeah, you fit it in. Yeah. Well, what, what was uh, what was growing up like for you, Fenton? Okay. Uh, uh, were, were you always yeah. aware of being of being gay? No, um, but I mean, I, I was aware I was gay when I was about fourteen, uh-huh. uh, and I was at an all boys boarding school, so it was actually fine sure. because you know a lot of horny boys around, yeah, yeah, and so sexually it was pretty great actually, yeah. Um, although, fertile. although the shame of being gay and the sort of opprobrium heaped on you, it wasn't an idea, you know. It was very easy to be seen as a school slut, which I kind of was, yeah. Um, <laughs> And but it wasn't a good thing. I mean, it really wasn't. I was like seriously bullied, and it was like it was a really nasty atmosphere. So on the one hand, you could have a lot of sex, which was great, but on the other hand, there was so much shame attached to it. Yeah. And the very same people that you might have sex with would then turn around and persecute you. So the whole thing was like very weird, and or just weird's not even right. It was just wrong, I suppose, right. really. And then, of course, that has that has changed now. Right. I mean, but you know, for the longest time, and I think it, growing up, I was aware that it was illegal. I remember my father sitting me down before I went to boarding school to give me this lecture about. I mean, he must have thought something was afoot with me. You know, I think your parents know. Your parents know what's going on with you. Your dad was maybe like, long about before all that gay sex you're thinking about having. Right? So don't you know. do it. That's <laughs> sad idea. Yeah. Wow. And of course, yes, absolutely, it was against the law. So. I'm so curious about young, um, like how, because I was a little bit the same in my school, not completely, mm. but I knew how to, I knew how to get it done, and I don't know how I knew how to get it done. I just knew what, I knew get, how to get it done. done. Exactly. Like I knew how to start the conversation that would oh. lead toward hooking up. Oh, I see. Mm, right. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't know how I knew. Mm. Like, but but it was obviously a thing. If you can use well, it, well, in, in a boarding school, in an all boys boarding school. You, there's no conversation. I mean, I would. I felt that actually after I left school, I was completely incapable of 
forming relationships because I didn't know how to talk to anybody, yeah. you know. Right. But in a boarding school, it's just on demand, you know. It's like just all these horny people. Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, the, the thing for me, I think, was seeing um, The Naked Civil Servant, which was a, a film with uh, John Hurt playing this Quentin Crisp, this sort of... Uh, stately homo, as he called mm-hmm. himself. Uh-huh. And it was so inspiring. And I was just like, and in it, he was in the war years and he's remembering the, the sexiest thing in his life were when the American sailors came in and he was in Port, uh, Portsmouth and he would hook up with all these sailors. And I thought, yeah, I think I'm going <laughs> to go to America. Like a, uh, that sounds life. like <laughs> what I should do. So yeah. I was like, that was my goal was like to get to America because right. I felt, once I got there, everything would be all right. And can't you came to the states in straight to New York? Yeah, yeah. And that's where you guys met. Yeah, like two days after I arrived. And were you, I was wearing a sailor costume <laughs> and uh, holding a can of spinach. Uh, and uh, where did you grow up, Randy? In New Jersey. Uh huh. Okay. What part? Um, northern Northwest, a town called Boonton. Okay. But so you were right across the right across the way from the city. Yeah, it was like forty five minutes to the city, but it was really like a completely different world. Sure. So the city was like Europe, or mm-hmm. you know, it was just it, we didn't hang out at the city. Yeah, um, and until later. But it must have later. it must have exerted like a pull. Well, right? yeah, no, I knew that I had to be in the city. Yeah. Like I went there once, and I knew okay, this is where I need to to be. Sure. And did you both wait until, like, landing in New York, getting your bearings, knowing you were, you know, in the safest place in the world for queer people to then, you know, officially come out? I never – I don't think I was ever really in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think – obviously, I was closeted when I was in high school and um, – but I had sex with guys. I mean, mainly straight guys. And it was kind of similar to your situation. Like, I don't know how that happened. It just would happen. Like, it just – um, um, but, but not, you know, I, I, I think it, I never, once I left, Jer- once I left New Jersey, I just was never, I never needed to come out because I never. I but yeah, but I, I when I met him, I had no idea he was gay. No? I just he looked hot, but I didn't, I couldn't quite figure it out. How did you guys meet? At film school. In, uh, oh, right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Do you remember the exact circumstances? Yeah, kind of. I think I said to Randy, um, oh, that's a cool T-shirt. Because he was wearing this sort of hand-painted T-shirt, which I thought was actually ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that's, it was like, it said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, was painted on it. Uh, Marsha Brady. Marsha Brady. Mm-hmm. And I, oh. I, I said, what, what is that? I have no idea what. Because didn't, we didn't have the Brady Bunch. So I just said, oh, that's a nice T-shirt. And he, I think, thought I looked ridiculous. Not well, so. because back then Fenton was doing like um, the Boy George thing. Like his hair was in a bun and he had mm-hmm. like diamond earrings. Wow. And he had on fluorescent leopard tight pants with high top sneakers. It was a totally cool look actually and very kind yeah. of um, – it was – New wave. It was yeah. – kids call it new wave. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, and we kind of like connected yeah. pretty instantly. Wow. And did you start dating right away? It was a few weeks, wasn't it? I mean, because it we, was like. 
we became friends. Like we were definitely in our year. We were like best friends, and we shot each other's films and started working together. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, my big question for both of you, because you've got seven years and thirteen years of marriage, uh, fourteen. Years. What's the secret? It's work. I think that's the. Se- I think like everything. It's like I think it's you know, it's, and it's uh, stick with itness, right? Like it's because I think anybody could break up at any time, yeah. but I think it's just the sense that this is worth this is worth keeping on. And, and, on. and I think particularly for gay guys and for guys in general, but gay guys, I think that there is so many gay men are introduced to sex in such twisted ways that our idea of sex and then how sex how it connects with a relationship. It's like a lot of people are really screwed up about it. And um, I think when you're in a relationship, it is like, it's work. Mm -hmm. It is work. And there are moments, you know, people are like, oh, well, yeah, the heat has gone out of my relationship or the, you know, yeah, duh, that happens sometimes. And then you got to, you have to step away and kind of reinvent it and reconnect. And, it's normal. It's yeah, normal. That happening doesn't right, mean you're with the wrong person. Yes. But you, is what you think when you're in your 20s and then you yeah. dump them and then you just repeat the process. Uh-huh. Right. It's, that's a misapprehension. But well, I think whether you're gay or straight, it's a misapprehension that it's going to be this sort of intensity of that first that, – that sort of uh, obsessive love intensity yeah. that isn't going right. to necessarily sustain mm-hmm. – over decades, yeah. you know. And, yeah. And often the first person that you love and the first person that you fuck are not the same person. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they tend to be different experiences. Uh-huh. Sex is sort of walled off from yeah. emotion or it can be early, yes. yeah. you know, and then love is often not reciprocated. Uh-huh. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. We do get, we do get yeah. in a weird order. And, and I think the intimacy thing becomes like – Confusing for people, mm-hmm. and people don't really understand how it can work and, and manifest itself in so many different ways. Right. I sort of see it as you're sort of, you know, being together a long time, and even if you're married or not married, but the idea is that you are together building something, and you are like that you're both putting this time in, and you know, you should keep doing that as long as it's good and i suppose at some point it doesn't always work out that way so and you think of it like a bank and you're like not you're like a bank no i think it's like you're you building want, this uh, thing and yeah, i think yeah, with yeah, build interest and, and yeah. certainly i think kids like make that very clear because you are in raising kids together yeah. you are together you are not building a kid but you are building a hopefully a great responsible inspired inspiring human being yeah. you know and that's – it's not a job in the sense of uh, a grind, although you know, it can be tiring. But it's like you are doing this thing together. Yeah. You know, it's and a, they remind you of what having a truly meaningful relationship is all about. A- actually, you know, raising kids just adds this whole other level to it because it's like, you know, you're wiping their ass, mm-hmm. you know, and you're doing that every day. You know, and I, I was just thinking, I had a moment last night where, like, I was wiping one of my boys' ass. And just the way he looked at me and said, thank you. It was just like, oh, he'll wow. never remember that. And then I went and wondered, like, ah, oh, I never, I, 
I don't remember my dad or my mom wiping my ass, but I knew that they were there. And, yeah. you know, um, so part of being in a relationship is, I mean, not wiping your partner's ass, but like. <laughs> but like metaphorically yeah. you are yes. wiping. Yeah. And maybe someday mm-hmm. if we all, you yeah. know, live long enough, maybe we do have to. Hopefully we'll have enough money to pay for a nurse. But um, Oh, well, that's the key oh, to God, everything. That, yeah. And what a relationship that will be. Oh, God. Uh, Fenton and Randy, thank you so much for being here. What a dream. This has been oh, great. so much fun. Thank yeah, you. come back anytime. Please. So it's quick. over. I know. It was a quickie. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Please <laughs> come back for follow-up. Here's a towel, and thank you. Come back anytime. <laughs> um, and best of luck with everything. Yes. I want to go so and subscribe. That was it. Randy and Fenton, thank you so much for being here. Happy New Year, you guys. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to see you in 2018. It's, it's going to be all new. It's yeah. going to be an all new year in 2018. We're going to turn the page. We're going to come back with a, with a fresh, exciting new attitude. Yes. And we're going to take over the fucking world in 2018. We've already got some really exciting guests in the hopper. Yes, and they are coming your way. So just buckle up. Mm-hmm. Have a safe and happy New Year's Eve. Uh, and uh, and we'll see you in 2018. Hey, tweet us and let us know what your pillars are. Yes. Thank you to Chris Bannon, Colin Anderson, Dana Wickens, uh, Ryan Connor, Brett Morris, everybody at Earwolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Ben Wise, for the music. Thank you. Uh, thank you for listening. Honestly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy New Year, guys. This is a reminder to check out the Throwing Shade Holiday Special. It's like a big variety show from the days of yore. People swung through the studio. I'm talking about Charles Rogers. I'm talking about Jessica Chaffin. I'm talking Calpurnia Adams. Anybody else? Uh, I might have stopped by and talked shit about you. Oh, baby. We'll see. We all get into the holiday spirit, so listen and subscribe to Throwing Shade on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen and have a very happy holiday. Oh, yeah. The wait is over. Womp It Up is back. Back, bitches. Every Tuesday, new episodes of Womp It Up are delivered hot and fresh to your inbox. Just like a DiGiorno pizza. Going straight up your butt. Featuring all of your comedy faves, returning faves, and new faves alike. Subscribe today on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Womp It Up. Hashtag turnaround. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, (laughs) Jazos. Ruler of the eighth 
circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.